Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, revolutionaries? Thanks for tuning in to Real Vision Crypto. For more great crypto content like this, head over to realvision.com forward slash crypto and get unfiltered access to the most brilliant minds in finance and crypto. David, how are you, buddy? Good to see you. I'm doing great, Mike. Good to see you too. How are you? Awesome. Dude, you got a great background. Certainly better than mine. Where are you? Down in Miami? I'm in Miami. Yeah, it almost looks fake, but it's real. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> well, good to be with you on uh, the Real Vision interview. This is this is super exciting. I, I, I've never seen this format before necessarily, but I love it. I love that you and I are both on it, sort of co-moderating, co-interviewing. So I think it's just going to be a blast. I don't even know how long we're going to last until we run out of stuff to talk about. But uh, Yeah, you know, it's it's the decentralized model, right? There's no uh, sort of centralized entity that we're relying on to moderate this conversation. Just two people having a conversation. Well, I, you touched that. I, I freaking love it. You know, when I was younger, I used to work for, I worked for Bloomberg. I worked for Time. I worked for Voice of America as a journalist. And I loved it. And, you know, and, and the world's changed, you know, the world has changed. And as I told you, when we talked on the call last week, you know, I write every day on LinkedIn and I love it, but isn't it, it's amazing how the world has changed and now you have these social media platforms. And if people want to be renegade journalists, they can do it. And they, you have a platform and you don't, I don't need to write at Bloomberg anymore. I can just write on LinkedIn if, if I so desire. So anyway, well, good to be with you. And uh, I'm really excited to talk about a lot of things, obviously crypto, uh, I personally am dying to learn more about uh, FPG, as I think you guys call it, Floating Point Group. So why don't why don't we start there? And then certainly I'll be happy to tell you about what I'm working on as well. But um, why, why don't we just ju- jump into that? I mean, tell us a little bit about <clears throat> about Floating Point Group, your your team, and and what you guys do. Because I'm really kind of I'm, I'm interested in your in your business model a little bit. If you're if you're comfortable talking about that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Love to dive into it and you know, definitely have some good questions for you too, or questions, I don't know, we'll see if they're good or not. Um, but yeah, I guess just first a little bit about my background. Um, so I, I lead sales and partnerships at Floating Point Group, have been here for over a year, joined in the fall of 2020. Before that, I was at Bridgewater um, and then before that was at business school studying finance at MIT. Uh, so Floating Point Group's story starts at MIT. It was founded by a few computer science and physics students. Uh, basically who saw an opportunity in terms of the incredible problems in building connectivity to crypto markets for institutions. So they went out and built a company focused on helping institutions access crypto markets efficiently, more securely. And at our core, that's what what we do. We help institutions trade crypto, settle crypto, and really just get in the markets in any way they can at scale. Uh, So we started with a few undergrads at MIT and, you know, fast forward a few years later, we're now 30 people, close our Series A. We have clients that range from traditional asset managers overseeing over $40 billion to crypto native funds that are starting out and looking for a good place to get best execution and settlement services. So for, for a client of yours, because I'm just trying, you know, in, as background, m- most of my career, I was at the Chicago Market Deal Exchange. I ran a prop firm, so I was very active in you know, I still know a little bit about connectivity, connectivity, a little bit about markets, a little bit about risk management. 
But as you said, crypto has what, 500 exchanges, a thousand, I, who can keep count, right? So for clients that connectivity and all the moving money around is a, is a real bear. So clients could come to you as kind of like one-stop shopping. So they can do, and then you connect out to the exchanges and settle the, with the exchanges with the, with the cash. Is that kind of how it works? I mean. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good way to think about it. So the one-stop shop way is definitely our approach. We want to offer the full services that clients need to access markets. Um, like you said, there's many exchanges, the markets are fragmented. A lot of these assets aren't very liquidly traded. Um, they're not very deep in terms of their trading volume. So if someone wants to move crypto at scale, uh, you, you can really impact the market price if you don't do it efficiently. And so what we do is we build out connectivity to multiple exchanges and our own internal algorithms designed to move large positions while minimizing the market impact. And uh, we do it all through an agency execution approach, right? So there's a lot of different ways to sort of get that access to markets. Our focus is we want to have our interests aligned with clients. We want to always be acting on their behalf and deploy our best technology, our, our best connectivity to get them the best price, best execution and, you know, world-class settlement services along with it. Is it all electronic execution or is it, is it, is it OTC broker over the phone or is it, is it, is it all just electronic? Yeah. So we, we definitely, um, you know, see ourselves as an API first company, uh, but we also want to service clients that would prefer sort of the full white glove service. So we have clients that will, you know, send in a trade request through some sort of electronic channel and we'll work that order for them. Or we might have a client that has a more strategic long-term trade request. Maybe they're trying to buy into a very large position or sell out of a very large position over multiple months. We'll actually do a full liquidity analysis and put together a selling plan or a buying plan to help our clients get that execution over a long term in a sort of world kind of white glove service way. Uh, so yeah, we, we have the ability to connect through API. We also offer the full white glove service uh, through chat with our 24 seven train desk, uh, a team in Singapore, a team in the US and someone always there to answer the call. That's awesome. Well, again, I, I've, I've met some of your teammates over the years. It, it really is unbelievable when you think about this space and you know, so many of these crypto firms were just you know, tiny and, and very almost inconsequential in 2018 and 19. And God, how some of them have grown, including your firm, of course. But it's it's an amazing testament to people sticking with it because you know, obviously, it was it was incredibly bleak in 2018. <laughs> I mean, it just had so many fronts. But tell me, I'm, I'm dying to hear what you think about. It. And obviously, the disclaimer: this is not financial advice, and you know, and all that. But I mean, we we are we are journalists, right? We're being interviewed. So I mean, I'm dying to get your thoughts on the market. Uh, it's obviously been a a, a very uh, tumultuous start to the year. But you know, what what do you think about the market? How do you view things right now? What what do you think's driving? Uh, the overall market right now. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, yeah, glad to dig into that. So I think I probably look at things in two ways. Um, you know, given my experience at Bridgewater, I, I always start personally from a macro lens. That's just, um, I, I feel like that uh, framework matters. Um, you know, the amount of money flowing around in economies and markets matters. And obviously with the looming tightening that markets are pricing in and, you know, maybe it will get more tight than we expect, we'll see. Um, that's obviously, you know, just uh, less potential liquidity out there, which is causing a lot of this volatility, a lot of this price action. Um, so I think that's sort of the macro um, drivers right now. But as far as the crypto drivers, uh, have not seen any slowdown in terms of institutional interest in crypto markets. And, you know, from our own client base, when we have these dips, uh, we definitely have more buyers than sellers, right? Like our clients look at these opportunities because they're long-term investors, a lot of them. And they look at these opportunities as, okay, this is a great chance to, you know, get a lower price for a bunch of different assets and, you know, have that long-term view. And at the same time, 
we're talking to more and more of bigger institutions that just want to learn more, that want to understand more. And those conversations have not slowed down despite any of the recent price action. Yeah, I mean, I, and, and may, I think to myself, maybe my views about the share are, are just because I don't have a big enough position. Because if you have the right, if you, you have a position on, then the, these moves will, you know, they'll hurt. I mean, because we've gone from 69,000, 33,000. And, you know, if you're, if you're really long, that, that's a painful move. But for some reason, I, this just doesn't feel like the move in 18. I think in 18, when we flashed up to 20,000 right before the CME launched the futures and everybody crushed the futures and it drove down to 3,100. I mean, I think at that point, the market faced an existential crisis. It was like, this thing could all just go away. This Bitcoin could just not be the right, you know, just this, I mean, Ethereum was trading 80 bucks and it just felt like this may not, this could just be a fad. And it certainly doesn't feel like a fad today. You know, I feel like these things are here to stay and, and for so many different reasons. Talk to me about the disconnect between Bitcoin on the one hand as a commodity or a currency or an, however you described it, and then like the Ethereum, Solana, Avalanche sort of blockchain world. I mean, I think for a lot of a lot of retail investors or people that are new to the space, they, they're confused by it. I just love to hear your perspective on how you see the sort of non-Bitcoin uh, space, you know, what, what, what do you see as, you know, what's, what's happening in the non-Bitcoin world today? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think first Bitcoin is always has a role, right? I mean, the, the storehold of value, uh, that proposition sort of the digital gold, I think that there's a lot of um, supporters of that thesis institutions that want to have Bitcoin exposure for that reason. So I, I think that, you know, the other altcoins can succeed with Bitcoin also succeeding along with it. And I think the other narrative on the other side with, with these other sort of layer one, uh, you know, uh, blockchains that are growing and uh, achieving massive adoption, uh, I think it's, you know, sort of, there's a few things that are driving that. The first is the uh, potential for applications to be built on top of the blockchain. So it's really, um, it's a technology layer where you can do all sorts of things in a disintermediary way mediated way that allows for um, cost efficiency, uh, things to be made faster, um, censorship resistance, uh, things that really matter to people. And I think that all these other uh, projects that you see launching and growing, it um, is really um, presenting promise to actually uh, build more use cases with blockchain technology. And I think the, the things that projects are, are working on is, you know, a few. First is community, having actual developers that are building in these ecosystems is critical to their success. Uh, the second is uh, technology, technology that can scale, that can be fast, that can uh, bridge to other chains is also critical to sort of have a wider exposure and opportunity set of things that you can do with these chains, with these technologies. So I think that what we're seeing is investors often get in with Bitcoin and then they start learning about all these other opportunities and quickly go down the rabbit hole um, and get exposure across a much wider range of assets than you know we might have even seen a year ago. Hey, if you like this clip, be sure to check out the full interview and more only on realvision.com forward slash crypto. It's 100% free. Sign up now.